Underground. guys hey bob bob introduce yourselves i am jimmy george i am a screenwriter and uh, script consultant i am jamie nash screenwriter and podcaster that's right and i am bob rose i'm an independent filmmaker a podcaster and a friend to all dogs a wonderful man (laughs) well wonderful man but i think dogs like me a lot very special friend yeah right that's don't say it like that (laughs) that's not this podcast sir different topic so today i feel like uh this is something that i think i brought up first because we hadn't done it yet i can't remember um so uh just the the genre Mm -hmm. uh we're gonna talk about a comedy i know it's fun we we we, yes and it's something that we kind of have we haven't done yet on this show at all most of the stuff that we've been covering is pretty serious pretty Uh, well act it's action fantasy based usually so we're gonna talk about i would say what you could easily consider a modern classic yeah right i mean Mm, this modern classic bridesmaids yeah Paul Figg's Bridesmaids. I couldn't believe it was seven years old. It doesn't feel like that. It still feels like contemporary. It's still for very much in the now. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I remember uh, when it was announced, it was kind of, I mean, it's going to be derided because this world is terrible, but it was like, oh, it's a female hangover, which, remember that? Do you remember all the backlash? Yeah. Before, like, Ghostbusters and everything right, and all right. that, but the backlash this movie was, it's a female hangover. It's, yeah. it's nothing, you know? And then it turned out, yeah it's not to that. Be number one it's not that more heralded than the than than the other one I, yeah i think yeah. it i think it is also there's no bridesmaids awful bridesmaids two and three <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what i mean so yeah 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 and, and this kind of gave rise to uh paul fag and that's true and it did it yeah. did it's, it's uh, what's the box it's office, skyrocketed Jamie? let's talk about would how, you say how successful this blockbuster was. Well, let me tell you, it made fifty million dollars in China. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's all that matters anymore. Um, it so Bridesmaids was a surprise hit, a surprise summer hit. I don't know where it landed for the year, but it it totaled two hundred and eighty-eight million dollars wow. worldwide. Wow! So not not quite Avengers money. Yeah. But Jumanji movie, two money, but yeah, or anything, but exactly. Yeah. But for 2011, off of a 32 million dollar budget, yeah, that's a pretty big hit for the studio. Yeah, definitely. pretty big, pretty big. And uh, it, you know, what was really interesting about it too was it was written by Kristen Wiig, who we knew from SNL, SNL, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, Annie Mumolo, <laughs> uh, which I guess she's a groundling. Was she in? Uh, I, I all I remember is that they were friends before SNL. Okay. I'm assuming she came from and some kind of. The lead kinda... character's name is Annie, so that's interesting. yeah, yeah. It's a per- it was like a personal story personal, with them. Okay. And isn't the story that Judd Apatow? That's right. Kind of heralded them to write your script and I'll produce yeah. so it type. Judd Apatow, you know, after cool. Freaks and Geeks, yeah. and you know, Paul Feig was Freaks and Geeks, the creator as well. Um, he, he, he's, he's also a character actor from the eighties and nineties. He was in heavyweights. He's in ski patrol. Oh, I remember Paul Fagg. Don't, yeah. (laughs) I love Paul Fagg. Yeah. 
So, so Apatow kind of became this mentor figure for a lot of the comedians in Hollywood. Uh, I knew Superbad was you know written under his tutelage. I think they wrote it in high school and then rewrote they, it. Rewrote under, it for they that. wanted to see if they could write a movie. And yeah, that was yeah. Superbad. Yeah, I, I think uh, Jason Segel uh, was it knocked up or forgetting Sarah Marshall or both. I'm pretty I think they sure both. it was Sarah Marshall. Yeah, but, yeah. But it, they were kind of under Apatow's mentorship. Uh, and in this movie, he said to Kristen Wiig, he said, you know, hey, let's do something together. You write it. I'll produce it. Nice. And this is the movie that came out of that query. Yeah. Wow. I mean, thank God. Yeah. Me, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, it's it's I mean, if you think of Judd Apatow, the Judd Apatow brand, I guess does this this fits under that. Abs- yeah, this definitely. absolutely. Yeah, fits yeah, under yeah, that. Yeah. I would say that this is definitely top three. It's definitely a nice top companion three, to 40 year old virgin. You know, um, you know. Yeah, he which he directed. I mean, I'm thinking about all the pro- yeah, like everything yeah. he produced. Yeah, and since like the the 40 old version boom. Yeah, you know, this was I would say this was in like top three, at least definitely top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. The, the interesting thing I've heard a lot of interviews, not necessarily their interview. I didn't hear this piece of advice, but this is already in the advice column, I guess. <laughs> but to Jason Siegel, to Seth Rogen, all these other people. Um, the advice he would always give them was write the non-comedic version first. Come up with the dramatic version and don't worry about the jokes. Because he said all these comedians would get so stuck in the jokes. And they that's said, so interesting. Yeah. And they, it was like, that's what you excel in. You'll you'll figure that part out. But make sure everything else it works. It makes sense because he always, uh, Judd Apatow always kind of runs off that James L. Brooks type of movie. Mm-hmm. And he just, he, mm-hmm. he always said he ma- he makes a James L. Brooks movie. Um, and then he just adds adds as jokes. The, as the jokes. That's his like. And if you watch his movies, it feels like it's that. Absolutely, yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, because I, I. It's funny. It made me think of when we were talking about uh, on the It podcast about what's a horror movie and what's you know. There's people who mm-hmm. go, okay. Mm-hmm. So in rewatching this, it had been a while. It's way more dramatic than I remembered. Absolutely, and it's way more serious in its empathy for your characters which is not typical for a comedy like you don't really get into the nitty-gritty deep details if, of a character if you well, remove which we can talk about later if you but. remove the comedy this is like an indie sundance darling yeah right you know, you know right. what i mean it doesn't take much to change it into that so when you say these things that's news to me and that makes sense yeah that informs why it feels that way because you could take out the jokes and it would be a great drama when when i first started screenwriting i thought i was going to be the next um farley brother solo i was going to be the the, <laughs> the lone farley brother right <laughs> so you were you were interested in comedy mainly absolutely wow. and, and it took me a little while to figure this out but i the lovely Molly guy talks yeah, about yeah. comedy. <laughs> my, my, my first probably 10 screenplays were trying to be the Farley Brothers. Uh, that's what I was trying to do. Right. And what what I soon realized, I, I valued my scripts. How, would I be the funniest script? Would somebody read it and laugh the most at my jokes? And what I learned was that Hollywood and, and most people didn't value that. You needed all those other things that all screenplays have. Mm. You needed all the beats, all the characters, all the character arc, all the heart. Um, so my, you know, I would have been probably pretty good if you put me on Scary Movie yeah. 7. Oh, um, yeah, because it's all gags. It's all gags. It's all gags, right. And that's one type of comedy. Um, and I would have been awesome at that. In fact, <laughs> yeah. I I wrote my own, you know, version similar to that. Um, and I was good at that. Um but yeah, it took me a little while to figure out that these movies, while 
funny and some of them hilarious and and like this movie has some you know some of the greatest laugh out loud scenes i bet that wedding scene or i'm sorry the um wedding gown scene yeah goes right up there <laughs> right in yeah a, in a hit list of top 10 funniest scenes yeah, of all time it's yeah yeah so good. um it's it's like you say a sundance drama yeah so. yeah and so no it, no it, it totally is I, I, if anything rewatch i rewatched this actually twice when you guys said it because when we first decided i watched it and then i actually watched it last night right before recorded and also because i just love yeah it's a great movie it's a great movie (laughs) right and if anything it's like it it comes off to me as just this like extreme this wonderful love story but not between her and the cop it's between two best friends Ah. the movie is is an absolutely beautiful love story between two uh, friends two two best friends yeah i I like that take on it yeah i mean if if i had one criticism it would be that it doesn't end with the two of them Mm mm-hmm it ends with her and the cop, but then I realized that, like, kind of as maybe even a meta commentary a little bit, like, he's more of a reward in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of a play on the sexism of other movies of its ilk. Yeah, that's <laughs> you interesting. You know what I mean? Like, the, the cop is, is what she gets for kind of self-actualizing and realizing her place and in the universe and with her friends and everything, you know? Yeah, that's... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because her, her relationship with my uh, my Rudolph... I hadn't really thought story. about it like get the guy. It's not really about get the guy. No, That's it's about like her. It's a hundred percent about her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's about her and her story with my Rudolph too. I mean, yeah. it's, it's her wedding. Yeah. You know, it's it's the two of them, and she. The whole thing is about how she feels jilted by another woman, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. is that not what the the movie is? You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's and it's also about her. Um, Blaming everybody else for her problems—that all of the things that are going wrong are are not her fault—and then the mindset shifts over the course of the story, and she starts actually saying out loud to the various people in her life, "I I did this. This is my fault." You know, in all the moments in the last, you know, when she's in the car and she's uh, and she's uh, they're trying to get the cop to um, pay attention to right, them, right, yeah. and she says, "I don't think that the that the." The food poisoned us, and she's like, "No, it totally did. It totally did. I shit my pants. (laughs) That's my fault." Yeah. So watching watching it for this podcast the whole time, like structurally and like Chekhov's gun, I was just watching it because I was kind of figuring that an improv comedy would have a lot of scenes where I was like, "Well, that's just there to be a gag," Mm -hmm. like you're saying, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the only thing that stood out to me Mm -hmm. was the roommates, was her roommates, Um, because they kind of had their own little like joke world that kind of doesn't interact with the rest of the movie yeah you know and at first i was like yeah they could probably be be completely cut Mm -hmm. but then it got to the end when they kick her out right at like the i want to say dark night of the soul part of the movie they kick her out when everything's down they're like we think you should leave yeah and the only and i was like you know what it actually works. It has purpose. I was, I was like, I was like, even the roommates. The one thing where I was like, kind of doesn't have a purpose with the structure of the script. I was like, no, it does. <laughs> it does. It's a good joke. It's funny, and it it's like they establish those characters to kick her out right when the cars are down. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. perfect. Yeah. I, I was trying to figure out also, and this goes to the roommates a little bit. When I was watching it this time, I was like, what makes this funny? You know, what is the engine to make this funny? What I kept coming back to, it's really a character-driven funny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's not gags. Yeah, it's, really. it's not gags at all. I mean, there's yeah. the shitting and there's, stuff. There's, some there's stuff a like couple. That. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it's and, not gag-based overall. Yeah. 
I've I've heard I've had this conversation. I'm a big fan of Curb, so Curb's like one of my favorite. You're, you're looking at one yeah. of the world's greatest fans okay. of Curb, so I'm not familiar with Curb. Curb, Curb enthusiasm. Oh yeah, yeah. Larry David. Yeah, uh, Larry so, David's a hero. So <laughs> I have friends that'll actually say to me, they'll say, um, "I don't really like Curb. It's got that cringe humor." Mm-hmm. But when I watch this, I was that was going through my head. That's all this is. This has cringe humor, but I know the same people that don't like that like this and i'm not Mm -hmm. exactly sure why except maybe that has a label of cringe humor but in this movie i mean kristen wink's character so here's my take i'll just dive in go for it it. we want to let's go so my take on what makes this movie funny is i think thematically i had a hard time figuring out the exact theme of this movie because it goes around i don't know if you have any i did not Okay, so I was here, gonna bounce off here's, of you. Here's one I kind of came up with. I got ideas, but I want to hear what you yeah. say. I, I think it was her, her she has this idealism sort of thing, this perfection, this perfect life, mm-hmm. the being the perfect thing. And she's trying to have people believe that's what she is or make the world that thing. And when somebody comes along like the cop that's not as hot as John Hamm or yep. Rich or anything, she kind of discounts that at first. Yeah. Even though that's what's good for her. Yeah. Instead, she's more like into John Hamm. Yeah. Or in in the example of when uh, she starts having this competition, this bridesmaids competition, she has to top the perfect person that's become her nemesis. Mm-hmm. In, instead of just accepting what she is and being, you know, compromising, she's always trying to fake it. You know, she's yeah. always trying to fake it till she makes her be as good or rise to the challenge. And, um, Anyway, so I think a lot of the comedy comes from her, even the uh, the classic scene, the the gown scene. Like she's sweating and she's pretending like but she's not. It's sick. also directly her fault for being who she is. It is. It is. I it's, mean, even in that scene, they say like she's really good at choosing these weird restaurants. Right. Yeah. She's right. she did something that's a hundred percent her, and they all yeah. pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. all pay for it. Yeah. It was an honest. Thing and she's like, that was just me being me, and I ruined everything. Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> she know? can't, she even can't admit to it at that point until yeah. The and then she, I, she can I add one to something it. to what sure. Amy's saying because I think what you're saying is very similar to how I view this movie. I view this movie as weirdly kind of a kind of a commentary on romantic comedies because um, this does everything right that most of the romantic comedies of the aughts and the nineties kind of do wrong, where. Um, the the men barely speak. Right. Yeah. I mean, the guy that's in the wedding that the movie's about, played by Tim Heidecker, he doesn't have a line. He has no single he, line. He is he is a non entity. I love that. I love it. I absolutely I love, love that. It. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love it. And what you're saying about her character, Jamie, um, the way she's written is she wants that romantic comedy life and thinks that's what people's lives are supposed to be and she looks around and the people who she sees that have that she thinks i'm a failure because i don't and it's like it's a movie that's like a commentary on that direct thing while also being kind of a romantic comedy (laughs) you know i would say that's a you know i said idealism but i think she has she wants that romantic notion of life right yeah Um, not not even of romance but of life in general of friendship of a business, of, you know, everything. Right. She wants that romantic uh, notion. There's a great line in there, too, that really should speak to all of us writers. And I, I again, my memory is killing me for this. It was something along the lines of, uh, just because you don't make money 
from it doesn't mean you're not good at it. Oh, man. Yeah, um, that's a good. That's, that's good great. for all yeah, artists. Good, good for all <laughs> artists. Man, yeah. That's, I, like, yeah. When the cop says it to her. And I think that's sort of part of it, too. Like, she, yeah. there's a certain scorecard that she cares about. I like and that she needs scorecard. Yeah, there's yeah. a scorecard that she has, but she's not looking at the right scorecard. And by the end of it, she gets the right scorecard. And they also, the movie does such a good job of drip feeding. Like she views, um, I forget the character's name, Rose. Uh, the, Helen. Yeah. It's Helen. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the woman from uh, all the horror movies. Neighbors. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. She, she views her as Neighbors perfect. Neighbors is a horror movie? <laughs> With a few tweaks, it could I be. I love um, Neighbors and Neighbors too. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? She views her as perfect, but the movie drip feeds you little ounces throughout the whole thing where she, she's actually miserable <laughs> yeah, and alone and everyone yeah. hates her. You know what I mean? And it kind, yeah. of, kind of perfectly comes to a head. The movie does a great job. Of that. It's interesting that you yeah. say that because now I see them more as um, that protagonist antagonist model works really well when you put it that way that... Um, Kristen Wiig is seeking perfection, and then Helen is projecting pre- project yeah. like pre- perfection, handing out puppies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so like that works really well as as an attack the, on her. Honestly, I think that might be my biggest laugh. In the honestly, movie. that's oh, mine. But she's I like, he, she doesn't get a party favor. <laughs> it don't say puppy. My Rudolph doesn't say puppy. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so. So we we haven't talked about like what's different about writing comedy and something you said triggered I didn't really realize that it was kind of a commentary on the romantic comedy. Yeah, I I think plot. it's it's so well written and buried in there that it's not like it's not a blunt it's yeah. not like they live yeah. or something. It's not like yeah. there it is. It's just it's uh, if you look at the pieces yeah. and you see well here's what those movies are here's what one of the uh, I don't know like twenty seven dresses or yeah points is something that's just like the most cliche thing you could it's kind of oddly I would say this is the antithesis to me yeah. of Trainwreck yeah. which I interesting don't, I do not like Trainwreck that much Trainwreck falls into, way more in line with me, the old tra- get the guy get the girl to me Trainwreck does fall in that. Line and it's produced by Apatow, which is yeah. the only reason I brought it and up. And kind of the same scenario where he said, "Write this, and I'll produce." It's it. the yeah. same scenario, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, I'm, we're not going to talk about Trainwreck, but yeah. just this movie goes against all those tropes in a very smart, very subtle way. No, and I it, hadn't it, thought of it. John that John Cena way. is just like John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not that far off. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's not that far off. But um, yeah. so a lot of comedy is is like a, an attack against something like and it's like or, satire or satire or commentary right right yeah whatever. And so yeah. i had viewed this as an attack on bridesmaids you know and that whole wedding ceremonial thing and that the whole movie being an attack on like how but it's really not but but no yeah. when you put it that way it's like an attack it's like it, a satire of romantic comedies yeah yeah it yeah. doesn't really i don't think it really satirizes the actual experience of bridesmaids that being well a bridesmaid, i mean there's all well, the things the, the bachelorette party stuff. the engagement it, party i, the I think that, i can think it can work both ways because they're both yeah. romantic notions they're, they something. are yeah. yeah and i i think a good I don't think scene, it's insulting wedding culture or anything uh i think it is a little bit i, I think mean, it I, in a great way yeah. I, I think it's kind of saying commentating on don't it. worry about you know things don't have to be perfect and yeah. the perfect wedding and all yeah. that but that first scene where or not the first scene but the first kind of challenge scene where helen gets up and gives the speech yeah and then she kind of slides in uh, <laughs> kristen wake slides in there and gives her own it kind of shows you uh like 
Helen's speech is the perfect speech. It's right. the tearjerker speech. It's the one in the serious version in the in the Catherine Heigl version. Right. right. That we'd be weeping in the audience. Yeah. At least Jimmy would. I would. <laughs> um, and that scene would end after she did it. It would end yeah. after she did that. But then you got Kristen Wiig get up there and I'll, I'll take the mic back. Thank you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it it it's a, it's yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It keeps mm-hmm. going. <laughs> yeah. To where it's painful. But you're right. right? That kind of even that works both ways. That is kind of a, se- a commentary on both romantic yeah. comedies, but also the wedding culture. It, it's how people may envision their wedding going. Yeah, or their you know their whatever that what was that party, the engagement party. Yeah, or the engagement. That was the engagement um, party. Helen's yeah. how they wanted to go. Kristen Wiig is how it might how probably probably will go. Yeah, right. <laughs> and right. That's a comedy technique. You know, back in my years of trying to be a Farley brother. <laughs> I, I kind of fell upon because I used to try to make everything crazy. This was one of the problems I had. Yeah. So I always say you almost get a choice. You can either have crazy characters or crazy world. And I think this yeah. has that romantic comedy world. And then we're throwing Kristen Wiig and, and some of the other characters in like a time bomb into this to mess everything up. They're the disruptor. Okay. They're going to they're gonna screw up the whole thing by just tossing <laughs> her in there. romantic like, comedy To world. go along with that, I would say like in another worse, more cliche movie, Melissa McCarthy would have come off just this, uh, you know, fat person fall down, go boom, funny. But then then she's given like the most, probably the most poignant scene in the movie to the main character, which is Fight. when she... Well, yeah, when she's like, you know, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. when she comes with the dogs to the house and the priest was like, hey, I'm your friend. Yeah. Why don't you realize you're not alone? Yeah. And stop crying. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, get up, get back yeah. into it. And it's like they made that character really important. Yeah. And it's she's not just she's really amazingly funny. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Melissa McCarthy fan. Me too. But she's not just like scene dressing comedy. Agreed. You know, she's yeah. not there for just gags. Yeah, absolutely. You know. In, in fact, I think she's very thematic. Yeah, you know? me too. No, yeah. Absolutely. Because I think she's the one that is kind of over all this romantic bullshit to an extent. <laughs> yeah. And so she can see she's, through it. She's like more mature than everyone yeah. else in the she movie. She insults the yeah. groom at every opportunity. <laughs> My brother's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. And she's, but of course she's cool enough to take advantage of taking 10 puppies too. You know, I mean, she gets it. She's like, is this crazy? I'm taking 10 puppies. No, you she know. comes off as more advanced. Yeah, somehow. absolutely. Yeah. And she absolutely. says she works for the government. So. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, in another movie, she would have been the funny fat friend, right? That doesn't have this like moment, yeah. The, the or these once moments. again, you know, subverting that the of the romantic comedy exactly. world that you just brought up. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Yeah, I didn't. I hadn't looked at it at either of what you're saying, and I love what both did, of what, these takes. Can you, yeah, I feel like you haven't. What did you feel like it was? You felt like it was just a commentary on on bridesmaids on on on, on, on wedding this, culture. on wedding culture. I thought it was like a straight up attack on wedding cult on what the specifically movie, specifically female I, I wedding. I think culture. wedding culture is informed by these movies yeah, as well. Yeah. So I yeah, think it absolutely. Goes yeah. yeah, and but the, I mean, the, as far as like every set piece is like the fitting. You know, it's like fuck your fitting. Fuck your rehearsal dinner. Right, right. Fuck your big bridal shower. Like it, it's like a big fuck you to every single thing that like but women get excited about. You, typically, stereotypically, when a wedding do, is. Do you, do you know how I, I think this movie is so well? In written. a great way, I'm saying it's yeah. so well written. It's got this moment between uh, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph in the bedroom after she was missing for a while. Remember that? Yeah. And there's this moment where Maya Rudolph goes, "I'm the one that's supposed to have been insane." And you took it all from me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a Bridezilla movie, mm-hmm. 
but the bride is the, the bride one who is the bridezilla. Yeah, yeah. It's like even on that level, it's like yeah. really smart. You know, yeah. like it's like just the fact that she was thrown into this really important life moment of her friend getting married. She even screws that up. What <laughs> you know for everyone? Yeah. What one thing that you know you brought up it reminded me of. <clears throat> I heard when they first wrote the script, they wrote it in like five days. They wrote the script in five days. Wow, and that's that, really impressive. That's the headline. But then you hear it took him like five years to rewrite. Okay. So it wasn't Probably like, also get greenlit. Yeah. And uh-huh. and my understanding was the five-day version was mostly gags. Okay. Like they wrote the gag version. And much like we saw in Mission Impossible Fallout, you can almost see that when they came up with this, they probably went through a checklist of, of the, set pieces. Yeah. You know, the engagement party. Yeah, we can have engagement. We Wait, they it. can all go yeah. to Vegas. Yeah. Checkbox. Yeah. Oh, the wedding ceremony. Checkbox. And that's premise delivery. The, the rehearsal dinner. Checkbox. And they have all these set pieces, much like Tom Cruise would show up and say, I'm jumping out of a helicopter. <laughs> right. right. They, they had yeah. those. And then they probably wrote to those and connected those dots with them. How so wonderful is it? it sure that How they... wonderful is it to write and advertise a set piece like going to Vegas? And then literally have the main character ruin it for the audience. Yeah, I love that. They don't. Ma- <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. I feel like the advertising all yeah. said this is the Hangover with women, and then it was like, oh no, <laughs> right. like she's she's so she's got so many. We're not problems. going there. No, no, she yeah. literally ruins it for the audience. <laughs> you don't see it. Yeah, right. They're sitting yeah. in a van with a bunch of yeah, yeah. Um, can we I, talk about structure a little bit? I think. Well, so is that, oh, I didn't have any. So, so one of the things I wanted to talk about is. Even though this has a tight structure, mm-hmm. I don't think comedies need a tight structure. It's like the one genre where I think structure doesn't matter as long as you have a goal. And occasionally the goal comes up again. And, and then in the end, the goal is addressed. I think you can have. As long as the scenes have goals, too. Right. Still, yeah, they have I mean, their still, own construction. But what I'm saying yeah, is I think like, Judd Apatow would disagree with that. Well, so that's a very <laughs> unique thing to his movies. It's like really interesting that you pointed out because I was. I was expecting, like you said, when you uh, when you watched the, uh, you were like, oh, even the even the apartment scenes with with the brother and sister end up mattering. You know, I was expecting because at during the beginning the they kind of just seem like, okay, here's Rebel Wilson. She's funny if you put a camera on her. Yeah, but I was like, why is this? It feels here? like it's gonna go nowhere. But it then it has the point. Yeah, it, it justifies it. So so with know? this movie, I think it does have a tight structure. But I I just think comedy in general, like the audience forgives. Like I think the I think comedies. One of the things I wanted to mention is comedies can break the one coincidence rule, right? We've got this thing. We'll forgive one coincidence in the movie, but with comedies, like everything could be, you could have like, I think it depends on the comedy. Okay. You think it depends on, it it depends on tone a lot. Like Wayne's world could have a million million, coincidences. Right. It doesn't matter. Um, I feel like we bring up Wayne's world. We should probably do Wayne's world one day. (laughs) We bring it up all the time. It's a very amazingly well-written comedy. It's so good. One day in the future, maybe. Okay. I'm just saying. Harold and Kumar could have yeah. a million. I'm, I'm just yeah. moving away Harold from and Kumar. to two yeah. other funny guys. Bill and Ted. No, I'm just <laughs> But You're right. It's That's tone, though, right? Like the, It depends tone. on the tone of the comedy. Whereas if you, you point to like something like you know a Judd Apatow movie, yeah. they are that James L. Brooks. Yeah. Then again, you could Seth Rogen has pushed that. I mean, Pineapple Express, then you go even crazier. This is the end. Yeah. Where it's like the tone is just... We'll take anything. Yeah. <laughs> Just go for it. As long as the laugh is there, it fills in that hole that you right, don't, right. No one's gonna ask. Yeah. <laughs> it's just filling that hole with laughter. I, I'd yeah. say though, 
you know, some of these earlier, some of Apatow's better works, yeah. which I consider knocked up, uh, 40 year old version, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. I, when I say Apatow, the Apatow family, I guess. Um, it's funny cause my favorite movies that he's written aren't any of these movies. <laughs> It'd be like heavyweights and cable guy. Honestly, okay. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm weird. I like um, both of them. Yeah. But, but those Celtic movies, pride. those movies have less, they're more like this, that they have less, uh, you can't throw coincidence and anarchy in there. Right. And they're pretty, they're pretty bulletproof in regards yeah. to react structure. Yeah. Structurally they have character arcs. Yeah. They have yeah. set up payoffs. They're, they're pretty much. Yeah. Th- this, this, Outside of the outrageous element of this movie, which is definitely a product of when it came out and when it was being made, it kind of feels like a late seventies like romantic kind of yeah off off Broadway show that was turned into a movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, There's, it has an it element. Makes new sense. Okay, sorry, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> so Jamie, let me oh. ask <laughs> you. You, well, you I, so so I want to ask you as a as a working screenwriter. Okay. Um, do you think that? Now the demand from the audience is to be like this where everything like the structure matters. Do you think that audiences want this more so than the screwball nothing mat like because I feel like we Like do, do they want porkies or they want this? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like what I what I mean is so one term, to your point. You know, and I don't write I'm not I realized I was not gonna be the next Farley brother, the third Farley brother. So never say never, Jamie. I, I there's still time. So uh I I don't see scripts with the outrageous, you know, caddyshack or something yeah. to sell anymore. It is more things like this. And I would point to horror. What what do they always say they want from horror, from screenwriters, Hollywood? They always want elevated horror. Right. I almost get the feeling that's what we're talking about with comedy. And that's what my question elevated was. Comedy, you think that... Whatever that means. Where, where the direction we're in and headed, continuing to be in, is the elevated meaning like characters need arcs, structure needs to be tight. It needs to be thematically resonant. All of these it's things. Not, it's not all gags and kills, right? And and yeah, and because I think a lot of successful comedies in the past don't share any of that. Like it doesn't matter, well, right? But what you're saying, like when you when you think about so it, yeah, I would add to. I think we've talked about it. And we've talked about this. Is, um, like a lot of those outrageous comedies, they're not taking the slice of life stuff. Whereas this. The bridesmaids is exactly a, this is something that most people experience. Yeah, that's what you I mean. What I mean, I like, mean there's some, major empathy with the characters, uh, right? In this and movie. some some of the bigger outrageous movies we all grew up with are stuff that I never in my life was around or we'll in any of that. Right. Yeah, like Caddy Caddyshacks. I don't I don't know any. But of But you that also life. never are never. But you lived Animal House, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? But right. in those movies, you're never given a chance to empathize deeply with the with the struggles of the characters you know it's very like one dimensional like it's, it's funny i watched stripes the other day i rewatched it Tri- stripes actually has a pretty dramatic core in its own weird yeah, sort yeah. of way i i was surprised very weird structure in stripes yeah, yeah the, right. when i was a kid i thought it was the most hilarious movie ever <laughs> and i probably didn't pay attention to any of that but it you could almost take the jokes out and it would almost work. And that that's the Apatow test is take the jokes the out. Apatow Does it work? Yeah. And with that, I would say this 100%. Oh, does. yeah. This is because so one thing I wanted to talk about, I wanted to discuss with you guys. And that's where I started to talk about it when I said the horror, what is horror argument and what is comedy argument with this? Um, 
it's definitely a comedy. I think it's a comedy, and I think it's based on intent. Is it in? Is it intending to be funny? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> no, but but right. like so I, so you know me with my numbers. The last twenty minutes of this movie, after the car, where you know the, yep. this mm-hmm. that sequence, there are only four attempts in twenty minutes for a laugh. Mm-hmm. There's almost no laughs in the last 20 minutes of this movie. It shifts completely to the drama, and the laughs that are there are even small. And what I mean is, like, the intent isn't even there in the last 20 minutes of this movie to make you laugh. And... It earned it. So you're saying... You're saying... But... It earned the patience. Do you think that that's the right way to go? Wouldn't you think a comedy should have its best laughs in the end? You know? I was really surprised in the rewatch. I was like... This isn't even trying to be funny. It's like trying to be serious for like the last 20 minutes. I want to go back to what Jamie said. It's a tonal thing. You know, if you're, if you're like, (laughs) depends if you're a Wayne's World or a Bo Rat even or something, Mm -hmm. it's just out there. You end on shooting the load. Yeah. With something like this, it's like a well-written, well-rounded movie with great characters. It just fits. I think that everyone... By the time you get to the scene where they make up, the two of them, you yeah. want that so bad. Yeah. You want that it's... for Kristen Wiig. You don't need the laugh anymore. Yeah. Right? Okay. It's, yeah. It's almost like horror sometimes has a problem in that the third act's evolved into action. Right. It's no longer horror. It's not scary. And I think that's maybe what happens here is, okay, it's time. The the ball has been so tightly wound from a st- laughing standpoint. We have to release that, okay. that tension, you know, okay. and there's a way you can do it in humor. Yeah. But also I agree. I think in this movie in particular, we're just, we bought in, we're bought yes. in. Yeah, yeah. So we're ready to, to, you know, just yeah. settle all accounts and go home. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I, th- I think that is, I'm, I wanted to hear both of your takes on that. It was just surprising to me that this didn't. I, yeah. It have, doesn't, it doesn't yeah. end on the big one. Yeah. I mean, it ends with a laugh. It does end with a it laugh. With, but... I think you know. I think, but it ends. It ends big. Maybe not with a big laugh. Yeah. yeah. The Wilson Phillips reveal is a nice callback. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, it's and, a the, and the laugh. and the lyrics yeah. of the song are very like. It's perfect. Comment on the story. I think. Yeah. I think a, per, a a good ending is more important than a funny ending. And I say that like comedy somebody, sneezing? Yeah, and comedy is like my favorite, obviously my favorite genre. You guys know me. Yeah, I know. Everything. That's why I wanted to ask you about no, this. No, I, I think a, a good ending is more important than a funny one mm-hmm. in most cases, unless you're making Scary Movie 7 yeah. or whatever. Like, that's where the joke matters. Right. But right. this is a movie about characters. Okay. Yeah. This is a movie about Kristen Wiig. I agree. Yeah. It, and it sells you on that. I mean, yeah. yeah. It, and it's also, it's. I would say maybe as far as like laugh out loud or outrageous moments, we're talking about like maybe three or four. Yeah, yeah, and that's an that's enough, and you can still be a, a it can still be a real tangible movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not shooting for that every scene, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I think for me the comedy, especially we talked about it before, that screenwriting is psychology translated into behavior. You know? Yeah. And I think for me, that's where the bulk of this comedy comes from is is Kristen Wink's character will take it to the extreme with her behaviors. Yeah. Like most people wouldn't take it to that extreme. Most people wouldn't like punch the cookie and, and try to damage all the food. And if all you, stuff. Yeah. So if you take that back, if you reel her character back, then it becomes the non-comedy, the more grounded version. If you take it to extremes, we're in the comedy The extremes, version. yeah. Yeah. So, and then I think they by did, the end- They did what the audience was thinking. 
if they were in that situation. That's that? right. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish that I could go nuts yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm just going to bite my tongue. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's what happens. And then by the end, uh, maybe that's part of the reason that happens is she's a little bit more um, coming down off her nuttiness. Her, you know well, I mean? She's not going to be the zany character yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there, yeah. she can't take it to those extremes because almost all the comedy is rooted with her going to some extreme or making some crazy decision that most people would make. And by then she's kind of healed herself. That's a good point. I I, here, I'll ask you guys something. Cause this is something that I would also maybe have a criticism of like the movie is called bridesmaids. So Mm -hmm. technically speaking, it's pointing to all of the bridesmaids. Now, some of the other bridesmaids have an arc that's kind of never finished. Um, I forget. I, forget I don't think that matters. I don't think it matters, yeah. but it's there. Yeah. It's not there. You got, you know, one who is in kind of a new, newlywed marriage. Yeah. That is not, she's having a bad sex life with her husband and right. she's kind of being, you know, mentored by the yeah. other one who has too many kids and her marriage right. is just old hat and boring. And they're, you know, they're, they, they do have that moment on the plane, but that never, it ends there. They kind of get drunk together and admit everything, and but it, I noticed this time around watching, and I was like, yeah, that doesn't really resolve itself. Mm-hmm. It just kind of goes away. And you know, that could be an editing thing too. I'm maybe there was something, that. some material. You think that was written in there somewhere that they had? No, a, I don't. They had think an so. ending there. I didn't do a deep dive into it, but I was wondering if these characters would fall into that that thing we talked about before that doubter, believer, deflector, you know. Oh, I, yeah. That's, that's good. interesting. Yeah. I, I was wondering. I didn't do the deep they dive. Might. I, got, I, I got lazy. I didn't do the deep dive. I What I did the deep dive on is um, something that um, I learned this from McKee. Um, Describe he, what McKee is again. Robert McKee. And, you know, I, I don't recommend his stuff to everybody because it's like a little, a little bit too... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Professorial. Yes, it's very like stuffy and not easily digestible. But he he has he at one point had a. um... He's a big fan of the podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Rob, for listening. I I I love him. I think he's awesome. But I but I do not. Okay, so like one thing one thing he talks about when he talks about comedy is that um, it's the comedy should be based around a character's blind obsession. And so I went through and I broke down what could, and, and he talked about like, he talks about like in a sitcom, these characters have one, they, they usually have three or four. Yeah. But, and the greater, the more blind obsessions a character has, the more potential for comedy there is because you can just jump on these things. Right. But if you get too many, then you're like, this, this character is absolutely ridiculous. And I don't find it funny because I find them too ridiculous. Right. So I wanted to see if it tracked well with this movie, and it and it really does. So you talked on all this. You've been talking about Annie's stuff perfectly lines up with Blind Obsessions. She is obsessed with going to the extreme to prove that she's a closer friend to Lillian, mm-hmm. and that informs like so much of the comedy. Um, she is obsessed with spending as little amount of money as possible, which is responsible for like ten jokes in the movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what about this one? The tag. And like you said, I hadn't hit on this, but the perfection thing is a big that she really is obsessed with like perfection, what she thinks is perfect, right? Helen is her hers are three things is her over the top parties. So everything with her is over the top and all the comedy is 
based on that and she's better than everybody else right she believes she's she better than she has to be the most she has to the be most the better anything. it's not just over the top but she's better i'm better than you i'm prettier than you and all, all, a lot of her comedy is based on that and then her third one is proving that she's a closer friend to lillian than uh, annie so all those things if you go back and watch the movie she is like blind to all of these things and all the comedy with her is based on that um, Lillian, I was like, this is going to be tough because, because Maya Rudolph's character feels like she's just kind of there. But if you really like look for what is her like kind of controlling, uh, thing it's she tries to please everyone. She wants everybody to be happy. And she's like every scene, the, the thing that, that it comes back to is she's like, as long as you're happy, you know, I'll do whatever I'll she, go with whatever. She's oddly, uh, I think in the movie, for me, the most relatable character, yeah. because she's she's the I have two friends who hate each other. We all have friends who, who hate just, each other. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, yeah we can relate to her. She's dealing the diplomatic with, yeah. friend that. Wants and how does she deal with that? She she's like, I just want you to be happy, and she lets everybody and the she oddly wants them to hang out. Too, oddly, it makes everyone unhappy that she doesn't doesn't say anything and just lets them be. She doesn't, pick, she doesn't pick a side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, um, and then but she's. Sort of a flat arc, uh, sort of. She's yeah, not, I don't think everybody she's changes around her. That's a good. Mm-hmm. She doesn't yeah. change by the end of the movie. I yeah. Don't think. yeah, these weren't for arcs. These were yeah. just what the comedy oh, okay. is based yeah. around. That like their obsession. Officer Rhodes is easy. He's like follows rules to a ridiculous amount. Like the carrot. She won't let her throw the carrot on the. He's like, I can't, I can't let you do that. I can't stand it. I have problems in all the comedy and every scene with him is based around his obsession with following rules and the laws. Um, John Hamm is really easy. He's obsessed with sex, and he thinks he's the sexiest man alive and God's gift to women to a fault. Right, like, he, right. the boob scene, he's like, what is, what is George Glass do about this? Do about no, he that? says, can he can do, he do this? this? Can he grab your boob? <laughs> yes, dude. Yes, he can? <laughs> right. and, um, and Melissa McCarthy has three of them and they're all really great and that is she loves animals to an extreme degree she talks about the dolphin Mm -hmm. moment and then the puppies so like there's three moments of comedy based around her like obsession with animals and then she is like hyper sexualized to a comic degree she thinks she's like sexy and but in in a strong way right she owns her own sexuality exactly more than anyone else in the movie in a way that is awesome yeah and then her third wing is she wants to physically dominate everyone like she's like for the bachelorette party, let's do the fight club. Let's just take <laughs> right. her and beat the shit out of her. <laughs> right. And then yeah. she talks about beating the shit out of her brother. And when she's with the marshal, it's all about her physical dominance. And then uh, even in that heart to heart with um, Annie, right. she's like, I'll fight you. So there's well, she's physical... pushing her down. On the... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So a lot yeah. of the, her comedy is based around physical dominance. And then um, Rita is even really fucking funny. The, the mother... She's got two obsessions is my children are monsters <laughs> and all the comedy is based around right. that. Yep. And then um, finding ways to party like she's a single mother, right? Like as if she doesn't have kids and all the comedy is based There's, on uh, both of those things. She's almost nostalgic for the days yeah. before. Yes, you know exactly. I mean? very but like, so right? if you go, if you use that mindset with the creating these characters, that works really well. You know, it's, it, 
it, it really comes down to that for each one of these characters. Like they picked like three things that they're, they're like blindly obsessed with and they based all the comedy for each character around those things. Mm-hmm. I think it tracked really well with this movie. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, hey, McKee sometimes yeah, it's good now stuff. I'm, now I'm going to have to do that with all the comedy <laughs> with every so comedy you watch. The right? one that, the one that he went over, uh, was Frasier. Frasier's really easy to track with that. Frasier mm-hmm. and Niles and Daphne is obsessed with the fact that she's psychic and all the comedy. Around. I mean, they're, right, right. In every episode, it's the same for them. <laughs> it's really easy to track. And Ted Danson in, in Cheers is obsessed with, he thinks he's like a celebrity baseball star, but he's a has-been. But he approaches like every situation so like, I'm the, I'm the man, I'm a celebrity, you know. But um, it's just something that I wasn't sure if this movie was going to do it, and it totally did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I got nothing else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty. Str- I mean, like, yeah. I feel like, like I don't. It's know a if pretty I straight. You guys, you guys. I was. It was really illuminating to me to think about this as a commentary on romantic comedies. Like, I hadn't. No, I. Like I think the all. movies, uh, for better or worse, way smarter than even like its fame has given it credit for does that make sense yeah i want to i want to rewatch it now that i'm like i implore anyone that's listening to rewatch it with that lens because it it was nominated for an oscar uh yeah Yeah. original screenplay funny funny enough do you know what won no No. that's because nobody does midnight in paris a woody allen a lesser woody allen movie i like that movie but (laughs) come on who remembers that ever bride no no not at all and the other strange thing about the two writers they never really did anything. They're else. writing something now. Are they? they they're, Good. They're, yeah, they got. According to IMDb, they've got it's some something something Del Mar. Okay. It's like Rose and Bar go to Del Mar. I forget, but thankfully, uh, I think the Rose and Bar go to Del, Del Mar. Mar. <laughs> I think that's the name of it. But, I like it. Uh, I think uh, the, what is it? Anne Mumolo. She Mumolo. wrote Joy. The, she did. She, she she got a story credit on it, which probably means she was an early writer on it. Well. And I know this is weird to say, and not maybe as much to do with writing, but um, this almost seems like a passion project in a weird way for the two of them. Yeah. They obviously, I think this probably mimics something that happened between the two of them in their real life. Yeah, I never really thought about it. Yeah, like that. and yeah. it's it's kind of like they almost had that one and done type of mentality for a while. Like, yeah. wow, we did it. We did it. The world it was loved a huge it. success. I feel yeah. like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they said everything they wanted to say with yeah. one really great movie. And maybe they're not rushing into the second yeah. one as fast. So yeah. good. good. I mean, quality. I, this movie's going to have legs. Definitely. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I think people still be talking about it in twenty, thirty years. I mean, it's been seven years. We're talking about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, we looked at a lot of the comedies to figure out which one would be, you know, kind of a pure comedy to talk about. I think and a lot of people is... would think this was a weird choice, but yeah. it's, it, no, it's, not. it's right. It's, yeah. I, I think the ones you could think of are think in the last. 15 years the hangover would be probably yeah a good hangover choice. would be a good one yeah um they're the the crazier ones like anchorman you know that yeah might fall into that's some... where i would be like do we need to talk about that script yeah it's more about the guys but then again to talk to open that up to the judd apatow universe like i would argue that the reason anchorman 2 is not it's really funny, it's but it's point. not a good movie in any way. It's just about the gags. It's the just gags. the gags, and that's why it doesn't work. Right. Like it's got some great, hilarious stuff in it. <laughs> same, I would argue the same with Zoolander too. It's got some great gags, gags in it, but the first one still had. They were movies. Yeah, there was arcs. Yeah. There was payoffs. They weren't just. It was tighter. Even if you yes. go to something as ridiculous as Airplane, right? It did 
you know, because it was spoofing something that still very has an specific, emotional it still relationship has a, arc and yeah. everything. It has, it has a core to it. You it need, when you make a movie, you need to make a movie if you want people to care. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, you know, I'm sure most of the Mel Brooks, the better Mel Brooks movies are yeah. the same. Uh, tight, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I mean, you could point to any great comedy and say, well, that would still work. That'd still be a take movie. Take out the jokes. Yeah. If you take out That's the jokes. It's a good test. It's being, a really good test. Being a, being a comedy allows you to also have maybe like production values a little bit. Lesser side and everything like Spaceballs doesn't look like Star Wars, <laughs> but it, the story could, if you gave it better effects, could still sustain a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, it's like you just got make a movie. Don't just make what Jamie was trying to do. Even though be now, the next Farley, I would love I to read that. I would love <laughs> brother. Jamie. If you, I think you should write Dumb and Dumber three. I'd <laughs> watch it. Okay, I will. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of like if the. If one there was one Farley and his brother was Kevin Smith, that's who I was trying to be. Okay, yeah. okay. I still I I still love the Farley brothers, man. What oh I, yeah, I like the Three Stooges. Sue me. I, honestly, <laughs> I think the Farley brothers were kind of an early taste of Apatow style yeah. in some ways. Yeah, they definitely had this this heart. There's mm-hmm. their worlds were so outrageous that sometimes the heart was kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, I actually you think of Kingpin think, or something. But I, I, I also also kind of think of Apatow as a weird extension of Kevin Smith. Does that make sense? You know, kind of like a little bit outrageous comedies with heart, with heart, but they're mostly mm-hmm. about the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. a different kind of a different flavor. But anything else we got to say about Paul Feig's uh, no, Bridesmaids? I, think said it I don't all. think so. Yeah, we yeah. I learned it. a lot. Yeah. I can't believe, yeah. I'm happy we taught J- Jimmy something about Bridesmaids. Well, so comedy is <laughs> just the, it's the one genre I think is, I think it's the hardest genre to write. Um, also because performance is so, I just, in that uh, whole thing and it's really hard to write something that's funny without anybody reading it out loud. You know what I mean? It's, Performing it's, it. It's a hard thing to sell, even though a lot of comedies do sell on spec. But for the same reason, like one person can read something and be like, that's not funny. Right. I don't get that. And I think that's why it has to work without the without jokes. Without the jokes. Because at least if they don't get the jokes, maybe they'll kind of get the behavior yeah. and, and the tension and stuff. Well, yeah. if, if if it's not a gag movie, yeah. you need to be with the characters to laugh at anything. That's you right. know, it's not, it's not, it's not about the joke. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Maybe don't make the movie about the jokes. Yeah. Make it about that, the, the characters. Characters first. Characters first, jokes second. Unless you're Airplane 7 or whatever. Right. Or Scary Movie 7, which Jamie will be writing. I will write. <laughs> Is there six? Is there, did they get the six? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I well, didn't even know there was a five. Skip... <laughs> oh, there's a five. I think we could skip to seven and nobody would notice. <laughs> <laughs> Scary Movie 8, yeah. All right, guys. I've... I enjoy talking about yeah. a comedy. I'd love to do it too. again someday, but you know, we can. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk about more. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for no. listening, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Bye. You've just listened to Writer's Blockbusters, a screenwriting podcast featuring two professionals and another guy. Available only on Thundergrunt. Uh.